You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 2020. It is time to hit Control, Alt, Delete, and start fresh. To help control expenses and get your house in order, join American Home Shield. They can be a big help when stuff starts to break down. What kind of stuff? Stuff like refrigerators, ovens, heating, air conditioning, plumbing, electrical systems, stuff that insurance does not cover, stuff that you don't want to mess with or go broke trying to get fixed. Now is a great time to sign up. Our listeners get $50 off any plan. Simply go to ahs.com slash Rome. That's ahs.com slash Rome. And if American Home Shield can't repair the covered item, they'll replace it or offer an alternative solution. As the nation's largest provider, they have paid more in home warranty claims than any other company. That's added up to more than $2 billion in the past five years alone. You want to go to ahs.com slash Rome right now and save $50 and start protecting your home and budget from inevitable breakdowns. ahs.com slash Rome. That's ahs.com slash Rome and get $50 off any plan. American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. Limitations and exclusions apply. See plan for details. I know that people's actions don't match their hyperbole on social. So Gary, why do they do it? There's two ways to build the biggest building in town. Either build it or tear somebody else's down. Hmm. Most people want to tear somebody else's down, but that's just an indicator of their own insecurity and unhappiness. Hey now, what's cracking? Welcome to another episode of the original side hustle, the Jim Rome Podcast, post-Super Bowl edition. This week, we invite back an old friend who absolutely continues to crush life. He is an entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, a social media phenomenon, a five-time New York Times bestselling author, the host of his own top 10 podcast, chairman of VaynerX and CEO of VaynerMedia. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Gary Vaynerchuk, a.k.a. Gary V. My man moved here from the Belarus when he was three. He turned a lemonade stand into a $60 million wine company and is doing everything he can right now to one day own his beloved New York Jets. He is the ultimate American success story, but you can call him Mr. Ep 115. The Jim Rome Podcast with Gary V gets rolling right now. Gary, it's always great to get an opportunity to speak with you. So let me start you off, Gary, the way I always do, given your crazy travel schedule. Exactly where are you right now and what are you focused on? I am in New York City, which is the first time I've been in my office when I've been on the show. And uh, I am focused on running VaynerMedia post the three Super Bowl commercials. It has been very hectic here. No, you're right. That is the first time you've ever done this show from your office. All right, so let me ask you about the three commercials. Gary, your agency had three commercials in the Super Bowl. Now, given the size of the agency, that's pretty amazing in and of itself. Do you know yet whether or not they hit their mark on Sunday night? And if not, when will you know? Um, that's a great question. So for Sabra Hummus and Planters Peanuts, it's going to take some time because when you do top-of-the-funnel brand work, you see a residual effect sometimes for 30, 60, 90, 120, and sometimes years because you've built a brand, right? With Hard Rock, uh, the hotel, we, we see instant bookings, 
and there is some more brand work. So I, I would say with Hard Rock Hotel, we'll get a better sense in the next 100 days. With the other two, I think you will have a better sense in the next six months. All right, so Gary, what about the Hard Rock International spot? That was directed by Michael Bay. How did that come together, and what was that like? You know, they reached out to us pretty late, and they said, we loved what you did with Planters last year. We've heard a lot of good things about the agency. Uh, we, we flew down, met the incredible Emery and, and Jim, CMO, CEO, combo, very entrepreneurial, progressive. It moved very quickly. We went directly into ideation. How do we show the incredible Guitar Hotel? Um, obviously, we got into a place where we knew the heat around J-Lo would be enormous because she was doing a halftime show. We were able to secure that incredible talent. And then, you know, there's a lot of thought of, like, who's the right director, things of that nature. And um, I don't know exactly if he had heard about it through some circles or we aimed big or, to be frank, if Jim or Emery, the two executives, I guess I wasn't close enough to know what led to Michael being aware of it. But obviously, once he saw the magnitude of it, he was interested, and that always adds a level of earned media and awareness and quality that you know, becomes a variable going into a spot. You know, Gary, you mentioned the halftime show. I'm always amazed by the polarization of the halftime show. Either you love it or you hate it. There never seems to be any in-between at all. What was your take? What did you make of the halftime show this year? I was obsessed. I'm a big Bad Bunny fan, so that in itself already led me to, I thought Shakira went on complete tilt and, like, brought it. Like, you know, I'm fairly into Latin trap, so when you Balvin and Bunny... Uh, and it's fun for me because I know like most of the country still doesn't even know who they are, um, which is crazy because right. they're obviously global stars. But I really enjoyed it. And J-Lo is like, look, J-Lo is J-Lo because she's one of the greatest performers of all time. And it, it blows my face off that that is a 50-year-old woman. Yeah, I, I thought, look, to me it's a whole hell of a lot of fun. I'm not going to say you're wrong if you're offended by that sort of thing. But if you're offended by that sort of thing, change the channel. Is that is that actually you know what's so crazy? I'm so like in my own cocoon. I I didn't even realize that that's where it went. Are you telling me that the sentiment was it was too sexy? Oh yeah, oh yeah, very. To to some to some not only was it too sexy, Gary. To some it was straight porn, like Pornhub.com. Right. So, you know, I think that's a bigger indication of keyboard warriors in a highly on tilt political environment that we live in America today, where people are almost forcing the narrative to match their ideology. You know, I like that notion of keyboard warriors. You know, everybody gets a uh, real <laughs> bread behind a keyboard. Like, hey, where do you draw the line? Like, look, I'm not going to say that it doesn't matter what they thumb out or what they type, or would you say it doesn't matter what they thumb out and what they type? It doesn't matter if their actions behind it don't map what they're typing. So it really matters if somebody types on Twitter that they're never going to support this team or athlete or, or brand because they did something, but then a month later, they, I mean, I, I do this kind of work, Jim. You know, I look at social media. Do you know how many people said they would never go to, this is literally work that I do. People tweet, I'm not going to go to a Lakers game now because I don't like what LeBron said about China. And then three months later, there's a photo of them at a Lakers game. Right. So my theory is the actions matter. I just know that 99% of people on Twitter and social media are posturing and don't back up their actions. They say they're mad about privacy and they're going to delete Facebook, but they post on Instagram. They say they're outraged by that performance to look 
good in front of their conservative friends, but meanwhile, they're buying the album. They say that they're so mad at Delta for what they did, but they fly Delta. So the, the reality is um, I, I, I know that people's actions don't match their hyperbole on social. So Gary, why do they do it? They've got nothing better to do. Why do people no, say no, and do no. things that they will not back up? Because they want affirmation from people. They want their uncle who they admire, who sees the world that way, to think that they are friends. They want to impress their neighbors. They, or they're manifesting their own unhappiness and fear. And they're, you know, there's two ways to build the biggest building in town. Either build it or tear somebody else's down. Hmm. Most people want to tear somebody else's down. But that's just an indicator of their own insecurity and unhappiness. I love that line. Gary V joining us. Gary, you mentioned LeBron. I want to ask you about that tragic helicopter crash that Kobe and Gianna Bryant's lives were taken, as well as seven others, and it cast a pall, obviously, over the entire nation, but especially over Super Bowl week. I know you were there. I was there. You're a huge NBA fan. Were you ever able to spend any time with Kobe? Oof. I wish you saw the goosebumps. Kobe's passing is going to have a pretty long-lasting effect on me. I think one of the strengths and weaknesses of my life was that I don't reach out to people. And um, I'm busy, I'm focused on my stuff, and I'm so thrilled when people reach out, right? Like, you know, and, I'm, and then I lean in completely. You know this, because that happened with us. Like I, and when I tell you on an every other week basis, because I'm fortunate in my life that I get to have dinner or meetings with cool people, interesting people who've had the luxury to spend meaningful time with Kobe, literally 15 times in the last two years, after me saying something, somebody would literally stop and say something like, hey, you and Kobe must be really good friends. I had never met Kobe. And it's because I always knew we would. And I always knew that we would be kindred spirits. And we had a lot of similar views around work ethic and tenacity, but also like humanity and fatherhood and things of that nature. And um, I did not. And I am wildly lucky that I don't have a lot of regrets, but I definitely regret it. And I regret it because it was so easy for me to extend an olive branch, whether, I mean, the amount of, even people like, even like people like Darren Ravel, who were close to Kobe would say like, you want me to reach out? We should, you should do dinner. And, and I'd be like, no, no, no. Like, cause I like the feeling not for ego, but like, I don't like bothering people. I'm sure there's some underlining ego if I'm being authentic. Like I like when people reach out. And then, and then I want to bring value. I don't like to ask. I like to give, right? And so uh, it was a mistake. And one that has, I've already reached out to multiple people I admire um, to ask for a drink or a meeting strictly because of that horrific tragedy. Mm -hmm. I appreciate your thoughts on that. So, Gary, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, let me ask you this. 2020, right now, in fact, as you and I speak, is it a good time or a bad time to try and start or build a business? It's the best time ever. The problem is most will fail because it's also the greatest era of entrepreneurship being cool. And most people want to do it because it's now like a rapper and an athlete and they won't deploy the self-awareness. And unlike rap and sports, it's not so obvious that you suck at it right away because you can hide it. And so it's the greatest time because the internet's at scale and the cost of entry is low. It's also the scariest time because a lot of people have been tricked into thinking it's the only way or the coolest way and they won't be self-aware and they'll get caught in a bubble. 
All right, so Gary, for instance, would you be who you are or where you are if not for the internet? No. I would be a version of it. I was an entrepreneur before the internet, um, but I would have nowhere close to the notoriety and brand which has led to other business opportunities because I wouldn't have moved to Hollywood and got on TV. I just would have never left, left the wine store in New Jersey. I just would have built the you know, McDonald's of wine stores. Hey, Gary, when you were in the wine store working for your father and then running it, I mean, you were killing yourself. You were putting in hours and hours and hours, and you went years, years, literally, without buying anything for yourself, without taking any vac- vacations. Did you do that because, did you do it for you, or did you do it for your dad and your family? I probably did a 50-50 for those two things, and, I, and ultimately 100% because I loved it. But, but you've got me pegged on this. Like, it was a big deal for me to, the, the proudest thing I've ever done was I took my dad's business from three to $60 million, never paid myself $100,000 a year, and left with nothing. Mm. How come? And that is, How come? Because I gave. It's kind of the same disease I have with, it's my vulnerability. It was my vulnerability with not easily having dinner with Kobe. It was my vulnerability with my dad. So I had to start over at 34 with nothing. I started VaynerMedia in a conference room of another company because I had no money. I want the legacy. I want the respect more than I want the money. But that also leads to potential resentment. You know, I'd be lying if I didn't say there were days where I would, when you build such a big business for your pops that you're like, why isn't pops asking to give me a piece of the business? You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of like your gift is your curse. But I, I would say I did it for myself, too, because it was fun. I loved it. I love business. So where did you... By the way, Jim, while I'm on the show, yes. I don't know, even know why. It's, I'm going to tell you a weird story, and I know people are listening, and I just... Back to value. I think this is going to help one to five people because they'll act on it, and it'll help a thousand people to look into it. Um, sports cards are exploding, Jim. Tell me. Like, well, I, I need everybody who's listening right now to really go to StockX and eBay and see what's going on. I've been investing in sports cards for 18 months. I bought 50 LeBron rookies a, eight, uh, a year, not even a year ago. Last, what are we in, February? Last April and May and June, I bought 50 LeBron rookies, and now they grade them. You send them to a company, they say if it's a perfect 10, a 9, an 8. I bought 50 perfect 10s at $1,050 a piece. Now they're selling for 4000 a piece. Wow. So... Um, Give me, Gary, give me a brief primer, not knowing a lot about this. If I want to dip my toe in, if I eBay, want to take a fairly big swing, yep. what do I do? You go to Google and you search sports cards. You know, why are sports cards going up? Like you type in questions on Google. Then you go to eBay completed items and you type in athletes, Lamar Jackson rookie card. And you hit, you hit search and then you hit completed items. And you can see for the last two, three months how much they've gone for. Let me give you the comp there. I wanted to do it and I sucked. I made a huge mistake. I didn't take action because I liked Lamar's game. I didn't think he was going to do what he did this year. But Lamar rookies in perfect tens were $35 going into the season. Now they're 300. Mm. Last year I did it with Giannis. I bought them at 180. They went, they're at 800 now. Um, here's, so you go to eBay and StockX and you look at the prices and you look at completed auctions. And that gives you, you spend four to 10 hours on that looking up athletes most of the cards your listeners and I grew up with aren't worth anything because it was during the junk wax era where they made a million of these. Now they make limited numbers of them, and the vintage graded stuff is going great. But there's three reasons. 45-year-olds are now, having seven, now have seven-year-olds, so they're reliving their childhood. Gambling, 
You can buy a $200 pack of cards right now. That's how much they can be now, Jim. 200 for one pack. But you can pull $150,000 Luca or Zion. So gambling. And then finally, you know, sports cards have a lot more volume than sneakers. So we have an entire generation of teenagers who are now in their 20s that grew up flipping Yeezys and Jordans who now if they think that Lamar Jackson's gonna be the guy, they go out and buy 500, 2,000, 4,000 Lamar rookies and make $100,000 in nine months. Wow, I was gonna say, so what's the play? Is it a buy and hold or is it a flip? The most guaranteed way not to lose anything if you've got money and you don't need to liquidate it and it's pure investment like real estate and stocks is old basketball cards. Dr. J, Kareem, Jordan, Barkley, Larry Bird, and Magic rookies, because basketball for the next 20 years is gonna continue to grow in popularity, and I think basketball cards are underpriced. On the flip side, the biggest gamble, return on investment, is buying baseball rookies, because they make them four years early, and you can literally buy a Wander Franco now, even though he's three years away from the league. I mean, if you bought Pete Alonso at this time last year, I mean, they went up 100X. You could have like, I mean, it's scary how little you could have put in and what your return could be. Or, you know, for example, for transparency, I've bought 500 Devontae Graham rookie cards, the point guard in Charlotte. I like his game, I think, in the next three, four years. But I know that you have like the best sports audience. And I'm just trying to think about like if somebody wants to do a side hustle and if you're listening to The Burning and you're sitting there right now and you're like, you're thinking about start, I know a lot of people now want to invest in startups. They want to find their Facebook and Uber, but that's 99% likely going to fail. Or they love to gamble and they're analytical and they're good at daily fantasy and, and, and sports betting. But that's high risk, high return, either win or lose, it's binary. Meanwhile, there's a ton of people who are listening right now who know that David Njoko was hurt this year, but he's a freak tight end and he may come back next year. Or they love some, you know, the, the prospect on the, on the Orioles right now. I can't remember the hitting kid. Like, or they, they think that, like I do, that Sam Darnold's way better than he actually has shown because he's had real difficulties with offensive line. And Joe Douglas has proven in Philly that he's going to build an offensive line. And what does that mean to him? Or that you thought Baker had an off season. I don't, but you might. Or, you know, so there's a ton to do on speculation with limited downside and high upside. And so that's how I see it. Interesting. Listen, almost everybody I know has trouble sleeping. I mean, that's just a fact. Do you fit into that? Probably so. Are racing thoughts overtaking your night of sleep? Are you tired of not being able to sleep? Do you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep? If so, it is time for you to try Ebb. If you've tried everything from pills to pillows with little success, it is in fact time for you to try Ebb. Ebb is the first and only wearable drug-free solution that targets the root cause of sleeplessness, the racing thoughts. Ebb applies precise and continuous cooling to the forehead, which calms your mind, and it's clinically validated. Four out of five users report falling asleep faster and improving overall sleep quality. And Ebb allows people suffering from sleeplessness to drift more comfortably into a deeper, more restorative sleep. Ebb Sleep is designed to work with your natural sleep-wake rhythms to allow you to get into that deep sleep more quickly. Have the energy to do the things you love once again by getting the sleep you need. Ebb's natural solution has no morning side effects and allows you to get right back to your peak performance. Right now, you can try Ebb risk-free for 60 nights to confirm that it is the solution you've been looking for. Simply go to tryebb.com slash Rome. 
That's T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash Rome. Try ebb.com slash Rome. Order today, get the sleep you need and the sleep you deserve. That's try ebb.com slash Rome. In terms of gambling, I mean, I guess you can define gambling any way you want, but like how risk adverse are you? And I mean, do you gamble? Do you gamble on games? Do you go to Atlantic City? Do you go to Vegas? Like where do you come out on gambling? Do you participate? I was hardcore casual in my 20s. Like I would love to go to Vegas and like literally I would have $12,000 to my name and I would spend 6000 of it. Wow. You know, uh, I was into losing it because I always knew who I was and I would be in this financial position one day and I knew I wasn't making any money building that store, but I needed that Vegas weekend with my boy Moose to kind of like let out the steam of the other 350 days that I worked my face off. So it was like an investment into my happiness and I liked it. Eventually, I couldn't win enough to get me excited, but I could lose enough to get me pissed. So literally for the last three or four years, I've kind of kind of checked out. Hmm. Um, I don't do sports gambling because I was never really good at it. And, I, and again, I couldn't win enough, but lose enough. But literally, I realized, oh my God, sports cards is my gambling. And so right now, and, and it's great, like, I and everybody who's put real money into sports cards in the last two years have made a significant amount of money. And I actually think it's just starting, which is why I'm putting it out to this audience. Because when I did uh, Eisen's show a year ago and said it, I get five emails a week from people that have literally made $25,000 when they make 45,000 a year, but they really know sports. And they like, I like, re- like, this, like I'm being very selfish right now. I'm desperately interested in five to 15 people going ham rekindling their childhood, using their sports betting knowledge to make real money because the downside is limited and the upside is extraordinary, unlike betting. All right. Now, another space that I know you were circling and then jumped in, you're invested in and you're betting on the Call of Duty League. What do you like about that play in the esports category? So I think esports is a meaningful sport, like the way I thought that soccer and UFC were 15 years ago, and I ended up being right. So I said, screw just being right on the radio. It's time for me to bet. I'm very close with the Wilfs, they, uh, who own the Vikings, who actually are in Springfield, New Jersey. So I met them as a kid in the liquor store. I had a long relationship with them. Um, and I believe in Call of Duty as a title. It's been around for a decade. And I think it's more Zelda and Super Mario than it is Kid Icarus or RC Pro-Am, a.k.a. or Doom for that matter. I think it's here in another decade. Um, Activision has proven to me that they knew how to run a league with Overwatch. So I got to see them do it once. The Wilfs are world class, um, and uh, and I wrote a big check, and I think it's going to be a big part of the money that I use to buy the New York Jets. All right, so the New York Jets, you and I have talked about that in the past, your desire to buy the New York Jets. How certain, I mean, it's there are certain things you can control, certain things you cannot control. How certain are you that this is going to happen? A lot more than I should be. Meaning, you know, a lot of people are hearing my voice for the first time or they thought I was annoying last time or they're into my stuff. But like, I don't take lightly that I'm gonna buy a four to $6 billion thing. Um, I weirdly believe that I will create the level of wealth needed. Um, and I weirdly believe that this is written and the timing of the Johnson family liquidating for the Jets will coincide with my ability to purchase them. But the best part of it all is for me, Jim, is the game of trying to get them is so fun and worth it that I would like, I won't be devastated if they sell in seven years and I don't have the money. 
I understand that. Now, before I let you go, Gary, let me ask you this. I'll never forget mid-90s as I was coming up. Peter Goober reaches out to me and says, I want to have lunch. And I have no idea why. I'm blown away, but I've got no idea why, but I'm thrilled. And so we're talking and we're talking and I'm spellbound. And then he, he locks in on me and he looks me in the eye and he says, I'm going to tell you something right now and I don't want you ever to forget this. I said, yes. He said, S-Y-M. I said, I'm sorry. He said, S. YM. So I'm frantically searching my mental hard drive and I'm really frustrated and embarrassed that I can't decipher this code. He says, SYM, save your money. And you talk about your timeless advice. You actually have your own spin on this. I heard you say recently, quote, people buy too much dumb shit. How damaging, Gary, is it to your future to buy dumb shit? And how often do people do that? I'll answer number two, people buy it all the time because they're insecure and they think the things they buy will make them look successful and happy when they're not. And there's a reason Peter has become who he's become and there's a reason I'll become who I've become and saving money is not glamorized in our society anymore, unfortunately, but it is remarkably powerful, especially when the economy collapses because then you can use it to do remarkable growth. I want to ask you this too, really important. I understand the power of the mind, right? You had a conversation recently where you asked, is cold a brain thing? This is really important to me, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute, Gary. Did you get your answer? Where do you come out on that? Is cold a brain thing? So for everybody who's listening, I was referring to um, you know being cold because I don't wear a jacket. I also can mean getting a cold because I haven't been sick in seven years. Uh, here's what I would say. I failed all my science classes, so I have no idea what I'm talking about. One human being's point of view who has a lot of intuition and it's served him well. I'm wildly fascinated how underrated the brain is and I'm very scared on what it can actually do because I've done a lot of weird things with myself that make no goddamn sense. Like what? Like deciding I won't get sick again and I haven't. Yeah, I was going to say, Gary, traveling the way you travel, working Half the way year. you work, living where you well, live, how the hell do you go seven years no without corral, getting sick? Barely how? washing my hands, shaking all of them, kissing all the babies, getting two fevers a year prior to when I decided where it would stack me up for eight, you know, a day and a half to the just say, and then every time something feels like it's happening, fight and talk to myself. It's weird as shit. You talk yourself out of illness. And, and listen, I'm already ready for Twitter. Like, I'm excited. Are we live or are you recording and you're airing? No, we're going to air. No, you're on tape right now, but th- this will go out, of course. So no, course. Don't, don't reach for your phone right I'm, this second. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. What I'm excited for, and I knew I thought we were recording. Like, tomorrow. I'm tomorrow. This. Yeah, so I'm excited tomorrow to look at my phone when it starts popping up where they're like, this guy is a piece of crap. What does he think? Like, I get how audacious it sounds. I still know it to be true. I'm not challenging you as if it's not true. I want to know the secret. Because, for instance, I was on the NFL on CBS for the AFC Championship game in Kansas City. And believe me, they think I'm a piece of crap because I won't let this go. But the fact is, Gary, I was on the field a few weeks back in Kansas City. It was 12 degrees. It felt like minus 30. And I kept telling myself, mind over matter, mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Gary, I'm here to tell you it's been a few weeks. I'm still not right. It was fucking cold then. And I'm fucking cold right now (laughs) so is cold really a brain thing because it sure as hell doesn't feel like it from where i'm sitting brother well listen 
maybe your brain's not strong enough to hold off the cold, but it was right. strong enough to create the conviction for you to create the career that you wanted. Right. Okay, fair enough. But how do I make it strong enough to hold off the cold? <laughs> how do I strengthen that muscle that is the brain? For all the, jet, for all the real Jet fans that are about to laugh, you need to reach out to former Michigan and New York Jets fullback B.J. Askew because on one of the coldest games I've ever seen the Jets play in Lambeau Field where they destroyed them, this was during the Favre year, um, B.J. Askew in warm-ups wore no shirt. And I will never forget it, hence why I'm bringing it up 14 years later. I get it. So, Gary, quickly, what's what? give me a book or two that you read lately that really resonated with you. I mean, we read your books. Who have you read lately that really resonated with you, that really provoked thought? So I don't read books, Jim. I read comments at scale on the Internet to hmm. educate myself because I'm it. always – I think the lessons are tried and true. They're obvious to me. What I'm looking for is contemporary takes on culture – so I'm not the best to give advice on that, but I will tell people that if you're looking to learn stuff, books are incredible if you're that kind of learner. But if, but if you're like me, using YouTube as a search engine so that you can listen or watch and learn has been enormous for me. Leave me with this thought, Gary. There are no hacks. There are no shortcuts. You've personified that. But is there a secret to happiness? The ability to not value another human being's opinion. Not the fact, if somebody says like, you drove 70 miles an hour, you did. Not a fact, but an opinion. I don't like your shirt. I don't think you're gonna succeed. I didn't like how you did that. That is not a good looking video. Once you eliminate other people's judgment and opinions when they don't have the full context, things get very good. You get very happy. Gary V, happy to have you back. Really appreciate that, Gary. Thank you so much, always good to run you down. Love you, pal. Take care. Bye, everyone. Clones. (laughs) Look, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? We've covered this, and I'm going to hit you with this again until you understand. We do not want bars. We do not want sugary snacks. We don't want an energy drink. We want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. It's not shriveled. It's not dry. It's not tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from real lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. That's why it's so good and tender and tasty and not tough. Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four great flavors to satisfy all your cravings. So you have quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go. What more could you want? Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? After listening to that, it goes without saying, nobody like Gary Vee. Pumped to have run him down for his triumphant return to the pod, my man is still crushing it and is still a man on a mission. If you liked what you heard, go find Gary Vee on Twitter. Tell him all about it. He's at Gary Vee. That's at G-A-R-Y-V-E-E. He is super active on social. You might even get a response.
And as always, do yourself the biggest solid ever. Get subscribed to this podcast. Then all future episodes will come directly to your mobile device and you don't have to go looking for it ever again. We are back next week with App 116. But until then, here is a fresh batch of voicemails. First new message. Hey, Van Smack. I heard a lot of people talk about Kobe this week. And uh, your take on him was just spot on. It was amazing. I really enjoyed it. And I wasn't even a big Kobe fan, but everything you said was right on. Out. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Romans? Dr. Dave. I just got back from the Gem Show in Tucson. And man, will they carve anything? I mean, you have a polished stone donga there. Gronk would be going crazy. You know, with all the stuff with Kobe lately, it makes me think of things I would want to do before I die. Two things. Drinks with the XR4TI and have you all come cheer me on once I finally get on Jeopardy. Message deleted. Next message. Snagger, what's up? This is David from Buffalo. Dude, I've listened to most of the Radio Row stuff. The big thing that I took away from today was Travis Henry. Or Wait a minute. Hang on. i got to hang up. i got to start this call or I fucked that one up. <laughs> that was uglier than a call from uh, Dr. Dave in Chicago. That was a duck hook, and I'm hitting three off the tee. Message deleted. Next message. Van Smack. Mark, now in parts unknown. Since it's Super Bowl week and the story involves an insignificant MLB team, you probably missed that Pittsburgh traded Sterling Marte to the Arizona Diamondbacks for prospects. Yes, a salary dump already in January. Watch out, MLB. The Pirates are already in mid-season form. Message saved. Next message. Romy, Rome. Hey, first off, as Raider Nation, it pains me to say this, but congratulations, the Chiefs kingdom. Not only I afraid of the ancients, but man, when Richie Cunningham was out there accepting that trophy on behalf of the KC Chiefs, man, made me happy, man. I know Fonz and Potsy and Ralph Malp especially were all happy too, man. Tell Mrs. C, her boy Matt in L.A. said, what's up? And take a victory lap with Big Arnold, buddy. Chiefs kingdom, you guys got it done, man. Kudos. Tell Richie not to lose his virginity tonight, huh? Message deleted. Next message. Hi, Jim. Bellaby in Calgary. I want to send Andy Reid a gift card for Javier's, but my money's Canadian, so do you mind chipping in and bumping up the donation? He'll appreciate it more. Congrats, Casey. Message saved. Next message. What up, Rose? Benny outside Knoxville, man. Another great week on the road, dude. Look, man, it doesn't matter what you decide to do. If you spend the whole week on the road, you do three days on the road, you just done one day on the road. It still would have been great wall-to-wall energy. That whole vibe was on another level, and I always appreciate it. I always enjoy hearing the great interviews with different guys you get to come into contact with. Keep it up, man. I'm saying Chiefs 37, Niners 27. Love all the work y'all put in, man. Peace. Message saved. You have no more messages.